Welcome to Padre Rosado Podcast, the podcast about everything Catholic. Yesterday I released Ad Jesus. It's a recording which I recorded in 2014 and I edited it and I uploaded it to different places such as Spotify and the iPhone Music Store. So if you have those streaming services, you can listen to it on there. Or you could download it for free at fatherrosado.com. Just click the new discography page. The Lord be with you. Our reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising, and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, He inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people, Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them, the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out, and behold the star that that they had seen at its rising preceded them, until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to heaven, they departed for their country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord. Today is the Epiphany in some of our home countries. The translation of today is Three Kings Day. What exactly is an Epiphany? Epiphany is a revelation. And what is revealed in today's Gospel? Well, the coming of the Messiah, the Savior, Jesus. That's why today is also known as Little Christmas. For it is Jesus who is born. Jesus who the Magi seek. Now it's interesting. In Spanish they say Tres Reyes Magos. The three King Magi. But in the English translation it just says Magi. So who were they? Well, they were men of wisdom, as the scripture says, and they 
were also kings. And notice their disposition. They want to see Jesus, the newborn king of the Jews, so that they could pay him homage. It is God who is born. So they wish to kneel before him and to bring him gifts. And it's good to kneel before him because he is God. And as we see here, King Herod's disposition is the exact opposite. He's using treachery and trickery to find out who Jesus is so that he could kill him. That way there will be no threat to his own kingdom. You see, poor King Herod was so fixated on his earthly power that he did all kinds of crazy things. He kills his wife. He kills his children. He thinks that everybody's against him. He's always thinking that somebody's plotting against him. And could you imagine? He had the opportunity to be with the three magi kneeling before Jesus. He would have been one of the first to see Jesus. Man, his kingdom, had he accepted Jesus, would have been awesome. It would have been great. It would have gone down in history as one of the greatest kingdoms in the world instead of one of the worst. What happens? He rejects Jesus. And that's why he has all this misery. In human history, there have been others who do the same and fall into misery. The dictator, Joseph Stalin, he was one of them. He didn't believe in God. And they say that on his deathbed, and they say he also had the same fears as King Herod that people were plotting against him. And he sent his closest friends away to concentration camps. And he's, they say that on his deathbed, he was making a fist and looking at the, at the air towards the heavens. So if he didn't believe in God, who was he making a fist to? And how sad, because had he too accepted Jesus, things would have been so much better for him. See, in reality, what King Herod does is the sin of Satan. I shall not kneel. I will not worship God. That is the sin. And as we celebrated earlier in this week, that's why we have the holy innocence. Because Herod, upon not being able to murder Jesus, just murders every baby that would have been around his age. Well, let me let you into a little secret. If we fight God, we will lose. And that's exactly what happens to King Herod. The Magi are told in a dream by God what Herod's true intentions are. So they make sure that they leave without King Herod finding them. See? You can't win a fight against God. Now the gifts are important. Why gold, frankincense, and myrrh? Gold represents Jesus' kingship. He is king. That's why gold is brought to him. Frankincense, well, what do we use incense for at Mass? The smoke goes up representing our prayers going to heaven, and we use incense for holy things to worship God at Mass. Right? We incense the priest 
We incense the altar. We incense the book of the gospels. We incense incense the crucifix. We incense you because you were baptized. And we do this to honor God. So frankincense represents the divinity of Jesus. But what about the myrrh? Back then, in order to prepare a body, they didn't have modern-day technologies. So in order to kill the stench of the deceased, they used perfumes, and myrrh was an expensive, beautiful perfume representing Jesus' humanity and also alluding to what kind of king he would be. You see, King Herod expected, like others, for Jesus to be this king to come with all these dominating armies and all this earthly power, but instead we get the baby in the manger who is the little Christ child, who is God, who comes to rule, not with a powerful fist, but with powerful love. And he desires to give that love to the people of the time and to us today. See, the mirror alludes to the future death of Jesus. But of course, Jesus resurrects. And he is with us at every single Mass. Today, Father Germain inaugurated the beginning of the celebrations of our 125th anniversary. For 125 years, people have been coming to a church in Spring Valley, a Catholic church. And you know who was there? Jesus. And throughout history, I'm borrowing now from Bishop Dominic Lagonegro's homily earlier today, right? So beautifully put. Throughout the history of our parish, you know who's always been there throughout those 125 years? Jesus, of course. When we come to Mass here in the tabernacle, when we come to the church in the tabernacle, there is Jesus. And why is Jesus in the tabernacle? The leftover hosts from Mass are kept in order to bring to the sick, in order to bring Jesus to the sick. And that's really awesome. You know, as a priest, I get to see some really cool things. And I remember when I was in Manhattan, the fastest way to get to the hospital was not by your car because there was no parking. We're together with all the people on earth. When we are at the holy sacrifice of the Mass, God speaks to us. How? Through the scriptures, right? This is the living word of God. God is alive, therefore his word is alive. And it doesn't matter who reads it from the most little child in the parish to the bishop who came today. It is God's word that we hear, for it is God speaking through the lectors, through the deacons, through the priests, through the bishop at mass when the holy scriptures are read. Oh my goodness, God bothers to speak to us. The creator speaking to his creation. It's incredible. It's wonderful. Wow. Well, what about us? What ought we to do? How can we respond to this love? And of course, the answer, if God loves us without reserve, we ought to love God without reserve. So here's the challenging part. We go home today and think, what is holding us away from God? 
What is preventing us from loving God with everything that we have, with all our mind, with all our heart? What is it that is holding us back? And whatever that is that is holding us back, we need to work on changing it. We need to eventually change it so that we too can love God without reserve, so that we can respond to His love with love, so that we can respond to His unconditional love for us with humanly, right? Because we can never match His love with humanly unconditional love for Him. And let me tell you, if you keep doing what you're doing, keep coming to Mass, go to the sacraments of reconciliation often when we are properly disposed to receive Jesus, you'll see 25 years from now, perhaps not all of us will be here, right? We'll never know what happens. I was doing the math. I'll be 59 years old 25 years from now. Man. That sounds like a lot. So that means that everyone that was older than me would be even more, right? Wow. The bishop himself will be somewhere around 100. Right? Let's see. Oh, yeah. 101, 25 years from now. If I got his age correct, right? I think I have it correct. He might still be here. You never know. The oldest lady that I met was 107 years old. I even had to check the paperwork. I said, is this a typo? Is this lady really 107 years old? And you know what she was? There's this one lady, God rest her soul, Delia. She was 103. When we were seminarians, we used to as part of our apostolate, go visit her in her nursing home. And she had the worst memory ever. She would tell us the same stories every single week that I could almost finish her sentences. But of course, we didn't know that because to her, it was the first time she was telling us. She would remember who we were, but she would remember much other details. She would forget things. It was amazing, though. She would remember who we were. And she would remember what day we had a test. And on that day that we had a test, she would pray for us so that we could pass the test so that we could be priests. And I would be surprised because I would walk in to see Mrs. Delia, and she would say, how was your exam that you took Wednesday at 10 AM? And I would say, oh my goodness, she doesn't remember that she told me the same story last week. But she remembers that I had an exam Wednesday at 10 AM? I said, oh, I think it all went well. She said, good, because I was praying for you. And what about so-and-so? He had a test, too. Oh, I'm assuming it went well, too. Oh. So I remember when Delia died, she had no relatives left. So me, well, another seminarian and myself both became priests. And we had the honor of celebrating her funeral mass and then burying her in a Catholic Cemetery. Oh my goodness, 103 years old. And what a gift from God to be able to remember religious things, right? Wow. And she outlived everybody in her family except her son. So who was at her wake? Her son, the other priest, and myself. Isn't it amazing? This is a lady filled with faith, filled with love for God filled with this amazing compassion and care for seminarians 
and worry about them and whether or not they would become priests in the future and worried about their well-being at 103 in a nursing home. Could you believe it? Oh, how good it is to be loved by God. It was by, uh, by driving my bicycle. So I remember going around Washington Heights to visit the sick, and would you believe it? There's Jesus with me on the bicycle going to visit the sick. Jesus humbling himself to be on a bicycle with me because he loves the sick so much he goes to visit them. Well, sometimes we're the sick, right? Jesus loves us so much he comes to visit us. Here, Jesus humbles himself to go in my car with me. Here's a little bit easier, right? Here there is plentiful parking. I love that about up here. There's parking everywhere. I love it. No, no alternate side street parking. No tickets if you mess up and put it on the wrong side. Oh, man, it's great living up here. So Jesus humbles himself here to go in the cars of the priests and the deacon and some of the extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion in order to visit the sick. How cool is that? And this is the kind of king that Jesus is, a king of love, a divine king who gives us the gift of free will. He allows us to choose whether or not we want to follow him. But throughout history, we have seen the effects. The saints, look at St. Francis. According to the world, St. Francis was crazy. He gives up all the fortunes of his family in order to live in poverty, to serve Jesus and the poor. People thought he was crazy. Look at how his life turned out. He becomes a saint. For those who didn't know, he was never a priest. He was a deacon. And he was friends with Saint Catherine of Assisi. And their love was so strong, their friendship for each other, because it, wasn't a, it was a platonic love. It wasn't any other kind of love, but a friendly love. And their love for each other was so great that one time the villagers went running to turn off what they thought was a fire. And instead, it was just these two saints glowing with their platonic love for each other. Isn't that amazing? Look at St. Joseph Cupertino. He was able to float. Oh my goodness, he was able to float. Look at all the children's saints. Not even yet old enough to vote if they were in the United States at the time when they lived, right? Yet they receive their eternal reward, happiness in heaven forever at such a young age. Look at St. Joan of Arc. She's one of them, 17-year-old warrior princess. She's my favorite saint. I grew up in St. Joan of Arc Parish, and I just thought that was so cool at the time. 17-year-old warrior princess. I mean, like, how cool of a saint is that? Yeah, they torture her, but she remains faithful to Jesus. And she, too, receives her eternal reward. So throughout history, we see that all these people who follow Jesus, no matter what the world thought about them, they came out all right. They may have suffered a little bit, or maybe a lot, but in the end, they received their eternal reward to be with Almighty God 
in heaven forever. In a sense, the Magi received a little foretaste of heaven just as you and I do at Mass every time we come because they were with Jesus just as we are united, or in a similar way, we are united with Jesus. We have it even better than the Magi because when we receive communion, we are united with Jesus. Man. And this is the king who comes. Poor King Heaven and all the others who didn't want to follow Jesus. God is God and he knows best. Or as this phrase goes, God is God and we are not. And thank God. Right? God is God and we are not. And thank God. He gives us the Ten Commandments not as a burden, but as a gift. God knows best. And he knows what we need better than we do. That's why he gives us the Ten Commandments. Sunday is supposed to be a day of rest for us. It's a gift from God, not an imposition. It shouldn't be, oh man, I gotta go to Mass. It should be awesome I get to go to Mass today. I want to remind you, when we're at Mass, we're not alone. We're together with all the saints in heaven. We're together with all the people in purgatory. Thank you very much for listening to this episode of Padre Rosado Podcast. If you like it, please consider sharing it with your friends and consider supporting it with a monthly contribution, which will go to buying new and better equipment in order to help us bring the message of Jesus Christ to the world. God bless you. <laughs>